Hello, everybody. This is Captain Sweep of Planetary Guardians Media, and I'm here with Yogi Shambhu. And what we're looking at is the week of February 20th to February 26th. And uh, we have a new war and we have uh, some, the COVID seems to maybe have disappeared because of a result of that. So Mr. Yogi Shambhu, would you like to give your perspective to start us out? Well, I feel the, uh, just, there's a certain taste in my mouth of righteousness. And, uh, you know, there's just a certain feeling of comfort and familiarity in demonizing one side. Uh, and, uh, you know, to be able to say, um, you know, just the words Putin and Hitler in the same sentence is just feeling really great for me. Okay. No, actually, I'm joking. Uh, that's actually leaving me feeling hollow and frustrated with people um, at the lack of uh, mature uh, depth in, um, in conversation. And so we are dealing with uh, a situation in Ukraine that's been ratcheting up for so long. You know, this has been at least since 2014 with the uh, maiden coup, which was a U.S. backed uh, a coup where uh, the U.S. Had, and there's and there's correspondence showing that they directly had influence, had call on who was going to be put in in uh, to replace a democratically elected government. And so we have um, a pipeline. We have, uh, you know, we have uh, four major political figures in the U.S. where their children are on the boards or working for U Ukrainian gas companies. Oh. You have um, you have the NATO, and this is something that I just realized this year is that NATO officially changed their mission from protecting Europe uh, from Russia to actually uh, perpetuating and protecting the energy network, you wow. know? Yeah. And so they have, you know, claimed this very openly that that is what they're doing as well. So that's how they see security is, is being able to do that. Now, there, there's a lot of ways to, uh, to fry a fish. And so I'm, you know, my, my mind this week has really gone to how can we diversify, which is what I'm always talking about, how can we diversify energy sources so, uh, so that we're not relying on either US LNG or Russian uh, gas, you know, we, that, that we're looking at, at how can we be doing this in a more independent and local way. And I just want to say that the U.S. killed uh, the ballistic missile uh, agreement. And uh, after that, the, the uh, Russia built up their forces uh, in response to that. And so you had uh, this in place and we see now that the US, uh, you know, for years have been pushing their strategic offensive uh, installation of missiles in the Poland, et cetera. And so this is, uh, I just want to challenge people when they're thinking that, you know, Europe, 
is, you know, just this, you know, this placid, wonderful place. And that Russia is this bear that is, you know, has rabies. And I think that we've been poking a bear and looking for a war because war is very, uh, it is very convenient for, uh, for, for the war machine and for, uh, to be able to ensure that our LNG is what Europe is, is going for. So that's my take. You know, there's a lot more to say, but I think it will come out. What have you been experiencing? Your thoughts on the Ukrainian world? And I'm Ukrainian as well. So I have been feeling about this for years, looking into you know, Russia, U uh, Ukraine, etc. Well, as you know, I have a Russian background. So we, we have our... our our forebearers are, are probably rolling in the graves, maybe wondering what we're doing, uh, talking like this together. Uh, I think I went to my normal source of, of information as TikTok, TikTok. Where, there, where there's usually <laughs> 10 experts saying things I've never heard anywhere from anything. And uh, Anomaly, I don't know if you follow Anomaly, but he's, he's, he's a, he has millions of followers and he's a, usually He's, he's very neutral. He's not one side, the other. He's just looking for truth. And uh, he's a one man show and he's strong. And he told me the story uh, about, I don't know if you've heard this about the Ukrainian president, but he had a TV show. He had a TV show where he was the president of the Ukraine. And he, he ran that for a while beforehand. And then his production company is, is started his campaign and he's the person who got elected, but he's actually an actor and an actor who had a TV show about being the president of Ukraine. I was thinking, frick, that's kind of brilliant. So I, I don't know how that fits into the sort of the coup and how the U.S. is involved. But, you know, there's just so many kind of sneaky little things going on in the background. Another thing is just after Crimea, the Crimea was taken in, in 2014, I think. Russia annexed that, right? But it's it's a bit like, you know, I don't know, kind of like if uh, United States annexed California. Like, what happens if if United States all of a sudden broke apart and lost Texas and California? Like, for the most part, we think of them as being part of the United States and Ukraine and and a few of these other countries were in the USSR for a long time. And and I know the Ukraine over a long period of time. You know, it goes back hundreds of years, right? At, at some point, Poland and Russia and who had the, Ukraine was kind of in the middle and who had access and who who was in charge. I mean, usually there was the czars in charge, I guess. But what the Ukraine did is they sh they shut off the water supply to the to Crimea. And so supposedly 95 percent of the land became unarable or something like that. So there's this, I think behind it all. That could be one of the major reasons is a water war. And I think that that's not really the surface. And I, I think that's going to be really behind a lot of the wars that come in the future. I think as water gets more and more scarce, uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, kind of what people are after. And you might think about the United States and Canada and look at Canada where all the water is and think at some point the United States is going to invade Canada, I think. Because I think this is like opening the door for a new series of wars because beforehand it was about central banks. It was kind of like about the Rothschilds using Israel and the United States to sort of take over countries for their central banks. But now it could switch because, I mean, China might invade Taiwan. 
You know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of opening a door to war in a way that is definitely not good, but, but I, I mean, what happened to the truckers and truckers and, and the, the truckers leaders are now in jail. And that's, that's a massive, that hasn't gone away, but it's sort of, it's amazing how the whole press and then all the world's attention shifts to another place in the sort of uh, arc of this story that is kind of going around. I, I sometimes think all these, the big leaders behind the doors and they're saying, can I, you do this and Trudeau, you do that and Putin, you do that. And they, they're all doing these things behind the doors and, and they're all in the know. But as soon as they go into the world uh, public, they become enemies or they become opponents and now they start playing their games. But uh, the, the puppet strings are, are doing things which we can't see. So I don't know. I, back to you. What, what, what are your thoughts? Wow. Yeah, that's an incredible... I've been following the water wars here in North America and how Nestle has been taking water for basically for free, um, you know, from uh, a hometown, my hometown, um, Galt and Guelph area in Ontario, and then here in BC, and uh, and 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 I'm just seeing the. Uh, I'm seeing the need for it, you know, as the Colorado collapses, what is, you know, what's going to happen um, uh, to Canada because the United States, it's ironic that the United States grows the majority of our winter food and yet their water is collapsing and then we hold the water and yet, you know, we can't get greenhouse systems together to actually become independent. Why? Because they don't want local solutions, you know. The W, uh, the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab, and all of these people uh, want globalized networks. You know, this is this is the promise, and uh, and so I I see again that you know that is such a uh, it's just fraught with corruption, fraught with difficulty. You can't centralize something and not have an oligarch come out of it. It's just not possible. I, I think another interesting point with the uh, with the election is that when the uh, new um, leader came in to uh, the Ukraine, three Russian uh, or yeah, three Russian sympathizing uh, channels, the television networks were shut down as a gift, they said to, no, no, sorry, this is when Biden came in to power. You, uh, Ukraine uh, gave an official gift and that was to, to shut down uh, these uh, three networks plus shut down the opposition le leader. And so look at that for a moment. You know, this was a, a, an open gift to Biden was that they were going to shut down these uh, op these opposing voices. Uh, what a wild, bizarre situation! And uh, Trudeau really is the you know, from what I see, he's a laughing stock on the world stage because he has come out and you probably saw where he's saying we are standing for democracy and against tyranny and in the wake of what he's just done and you have him speaking out about this uh, you know this is yeah I, 
people aren't forgetting. And maybe, you know, the people that are directly around us aren't talking about it, but uh, people ar around the world are. <laughs> Imagine if we had the thick skin that Trudeau had, you know, like he seems to be able just to continue on saying things without acknowledging anything that's going on and still addressing what he thinks is, is the truth. And, you know, and he's lost the entire, not only the country, the planet, I think. And, you know, I guess it's, it's hard because when you're sort of obeying the, the, the puppet master's edicts, you have like it's it's kind of like you're you're with the Godfather, right? And the Godfather goes, "You got to go out there and you got to tell the people that this is this, or I'm going to kill all your kids." <laughs> and you're kind of going, "Godfather, they're not going to believe me." And the Godfather's going, "I don't care because I'm going to kill your kids." And and that's what I think it is like, right? They have some sort of hold over these leaders in such a way that they have to go along with the uh, international bankers' uh, evil plans. Well, it's interesting that Klaus Schwab, did you see that video came out and it's unedited. It's just him speaking. And he's like, you know, we're so proud that, that, you know, Merkel, Putin, Venezuelan, uh, you know, France, um, and, and, and most especially Canada are, you know, they've all been young global leaders within the program of this and including the NDP head, I believe as well. Um, and so you have all these players under the same schoolhouse. You know, we talk about how, you know, Harvard has their schools and Yale has their schools. Well, you know, this is a, this is the new Ivy league school. And, and, you know, um, I'm jumping around a bit, but I just want to end off my part of that and say that uh, I, I think that Russia in a lot of ways has actually been very tolerant. And I want to put it in this way. Imagine if Russia was, uh, if we had a tumultuous relationship with Mexico and that Russia was supplying billions of dollars of armaments into Mexico and that they helped topple a government in Mexico that was actually copacetic with them mm -hmm. and that uh, and they replaced them actively with uh, you know with a, go a government that was actually very um, <laughs> aggressive towards them. Mm that would never be tolerated in the US. Look at what happened with the, uh, you know, with the US and the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, you know, they wanted to put missiles into Cuba and it almost was, was World War III overnight. Mm. And so just to add some complexity to this, and I'm not saying that, you know, because Putin could have uh, really, played the political card around the gas pipeline um, and and really trying to you know lean into that a bit more but there is there's a lot of history of a whole lot of poking and so and he and he warned i mean i think everyone is surprised at just the wide scale assault that is going on but uh, no one should be surprised because this has been years in the making.
I mean, Putin, I mean, there's certain, I guess, leaders that, you know, he's seen a lot of presidents go through the mill and Putin has maintained power for such a long period of time. And he's like, Russia has a very different mentality. You know, Russians have a very different mentality, let's say, than Americans. And I think we tend to sort of see things through our our biasness, right? And so, so we're sort of interpreting it from a North American point of view. And, you know, United States didn't lose 60 million people in a period of 40, 50 years. Um, you know, Russia has gone through massive invasions and massive, you know, horrible wars. And, you know, that's in the ground, that's in the blood, that's in the people. And they, they finally sort of stabilize themselves to a point where, you know, I mean, in my opinion, you know, when Stalin was running Russia, they were the bad guys. Like they, they, they were doing things with, with camps and they were doing things with taking over other countries and running them in certain ways that were horrendous. And so I'm not so sure that Putin is, Putin is not like that. You know, he's not having huge, you know, pogroms and he's not having huge, um, you know, but he has, he has dissidents. He has people who, you know, are definitely against him. But it, I think it's like looking at, you know, he's been around for a long time. And as you said, they warned, they warned, they warned, they warned. There's a lot going on in regards to that we, that nobody knows about. Like, and that's the big thing. I mean, I know there's the gas pipeline coming in and I, and I know there's a second gas pipeline, right? There's one that's already supplying Germany with a massive amount of gas. And now there's that other pipeline coming in that hasn't been turned on. That's part of the sanctions. Part of the sanctions says we're not going to turn it on because they're afraid Germany's become going to become a lot more dependent upon Russia and Germany and Russia together. I mean, that's a pretty strong alliance if they ever actually did it, uh, ally themselves. So I, I, I mean, it's just strange to me that you know, just as COVID is winding down and just as like the truckers were kind of getting strong, that this whole other storyline's coming in. And now the attention is sort of going away from, you know, the truth of COVID and, you know, of, and then, and how, you know, they can't keep that narrative going anymore. And so now this new massive narratives come in and they've, you know, again, the minds of the people have been sort of taken by another crisis. And, you know, what, I'm just curious to, to, to like what, like in the United States right now, there's another convoy hitting to Washington. So it's another truckers convoy. So it's like another wave of truckers is coming in another country. So I'm very curious to see what happens there. Um, and I'm also curious to see what, who, what is going to happen to those truckers that are in jail right now and how are they going to get out and are they going to be charged? And I mean, it's amazing that the coverage has been, you know, it, it really is like turning off a faucet. It's like suddenly, you know, there's in some counts, I heard like 30,000 vehicles involved with this convoy at different times. Like this is a huge movement and they're almost in DC now. Mm. And, and yet we're hearing nothing of it. We're hearing mm. nothing of it. Mm. which is, uh, yeah, it is really notable. <laughs> and, you know, what uh, we do see is, is that um, the, the Emergency Act was lifted. 
mm. before it reached the upper house, which is interesting. Mm. And so I'm curious about the legal implications of acting so strongly with the powers granted by the Emergency Act without it actually being approved by the upper house. Mm. And, I, and I believe that because he will... Uh, the prime minister was really trying to avoid embarrassment, I'm assuming, because, you know, it probably would have passed the upper house, but just barely. And I think that he was getting enough blowback that it just pulled it and it did the damage that it was looking for. It terrorized people. It's setting a seed in the subconscious of people is that I'm going to think twice before I speak up. I'm going to speak twice before I, I actually even donate or buy a t-shirt from a movement that I believe in because, you know, and what's amazing to me, and I've been thinking of this term all week. I just want people to give their head a shake mm. and look at the long-term implications of this is that you're fine with them being treated this way your children, when they stand up to the same government structure, isn't going, you know, they are going to meet the same abusive handcuffs that are preventing people from actually just voicing their opinion. And so, wow, wow, wow. You know, we, we have $58,000 spent per household in Canada on the COVID response. 58,000? That is a new report. Yeah. The wait, amount wait. of money that has been spent and not accounted for is incredible. And that is a whole world of conversation and, and inquiry is breaking down, actually doing the accounting. Mm -hmm. Now that death is off the line, you know, mm. they, you know, as they say in The Princess Bride, is the, you know, you never contend with a Sicilian when death is on the line. Mm. Well, you know, when death is on the line, then you never question what the government is doing. Mm. And, uh, and, and so there's a huge amount of, of inquiry that now is going to start to happen now that the flurry is over. You can actually look around and go, where did my house go? Oh, it's over there. Oh, where did my livestock go? Oh, it's over in Jim's backyard. You know, it's like you're kind of looking at the post tornado here. And, and, and I think it's, it's, it's really going to be quite shocking. It's, it, yeah. I don't think anything will come of that. I think it's like the 1.9 trillion or whatever that was, uh, went missing suddenly in the military and then 9-11 uh, hit and that part of the Pentagon was blown up and all the papers disappeared. Like they have no accountability and there's no way of getting accountability with them. And they use all their tactics to delay whatever's occurring. I mean, there's, they're the biggest bunch of thieves. Like think about all the, like the, the wealth transfer that's happened. Think about, you know, all the small businesses that have gone under and what'll happen is there's going to be this point where all of a sudden it's going to go back to normal. And I think that all everything is going to die, except they're going to they're going to really try to do the social credit score thing. I think, and I think they'll probably try to keep the the mandates in some way. But I think they they just they won't last. And then it'll there there won't be this. Oh, we were wrong. We're sorry. There's never something like that. It's just like they go on into the next thing. 
and you know the war will have all the attention and and all of a sudden things will will sort of die down and say i just it's happened over and over and over and over again like this is not just one thing that's happened it just it happens over and over and over again that this massive theft happens because five or ten people got together in a room and said hey that you know why this is how we can make a lot of money we'll create this virus we'll create this uh vaccine we won't tell them about this we'll put it together and then we'll put it out and you know five didn't pfizer like they've made like what 250 billion dollars something like just massive like just massive amounts and what and didn't trudeau buy 40 million like he's there's 12 vaccines for every canadian like, like 12 vaccines and you think like you got two and there's another 10 coming or something and they, they don't work and who paid who and what percent commission is like Trudeau getting like he's got to be getting you know, a, a percentage that somehow you know, <laughs> you know like at some point you, you, like that <laughs> give your head a shake because because when you when you look under you know the rabbit hole it's just Ugly, 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 because it's just deceit after deceit after deceit that never gets brought to the service with any type of truth or strength. What an amazing thing that you're talking about is that they pre-purchased, they pre-purchased an experimental drug that has not even reached phase three trials. And um, we do not know its efficacy, or its safety long-term. We don't even, we know that viral, you know, strains change. And that's why you have a flu shot that, that is different each year. And so you are going to pre-purchase this. The, I just want to talk a bit about the numbers here, you know, and, and this whole idea that, uh, you know, that, it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And as of August, 2021, unvaccinated people had to be tested. Uh, you know, teachers had to be tested, uh, uh, police force um, and, you know, yeah. Uh, and other public uh, sector workers twice a week if you were unvaccinated. And so you, you, you can to just start to, you know, maybe question why are the numbers adding up and how do numbers add up and if you have more tests in one population would that population start to grow in cases well another group goes under the radar because you're just not looking there Mm. so so there's one billion dollars of investment into the proof of vaccination by liberals you know so that is another point is that we have a huge investment now that we are obligated to follow this line of of uh, reasoning when you put so much money right on the outset you know Mm. okay well this is how we're going to deal with this well now that obligation is going to last years in order to justify in order to utilize that spending you know Mm. we all know how budgets go you have to justify the expenditure or the money is going to evaporate next time Mm. so it's uh yeah and and how the cdc came out uh, i think it was a week ago or two weeks ago that 
that they, they are accepting the fact that if you have a PCR test over 30 cycles, you start getting into erroneous, um, you know, false positives mm. because you're starting to see dead particle that has nothing to do with what the current infectious load is. And so, you know, that is what I would love. I would love to know how many of the PCR tests done in this world were cycled past 30 times. Mm. And let's wipe those off the uh, chart and then reassess the numbers there. And that's my, my assertion, my hope for the world. So that's just some <laughs> of the things I've been thinking of. Well, I think we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, I guess, again, it's, it's, it's more from a point of view of, uh, as, as, as other Canadians might be there with us at this point of going, how did they get away with it? Like, like again, it's, it's like when you watch Trudeau in, in the House of Commons and like they ask a question and he, he doesn't answer it, and he, but then he puts forward sort of, you know, the, 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 the talk, you know, what, what did Orwell call it? Um, what's that type of talking? What's what's he anyway? Okay, <laughs> it's, sorry, it's, I'm not throwing the ball back at you. I no, don't know. It, it's it's a double double speech or no? There's a certain ah, my mind is going. But anyway, Trudeau's always using it. Like he's always speaking in such a way that that sort of repeats the party line and repeats what 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 sounds nice, but is never related to the question or to reality. And it's, 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 I think Canadians have grown up with it so long that you just sort of, you, you, you just expect it. Like, I think the thing about Canadians is that, you know, for the most part, Canadians sort of really ignore politicians, ignore all that stuff. They do their vote once in a while, but deep down, it's kind of like, they know that they're, they're sort of there but they don't want to think about them they're kind of i think different from the americans and i mean americans they have elections that last like nine months or whatever or i i don't know a year <laughs> and and they're always rah rah this and, and can it's like a month and they just they, they they just put it together in a very short period of time and they have a few little things and then all of a sudden they vote and it's over and you know so of course someone who you don't want gets in again and and it, you just kind of go back to ignoring them but now <laughs> you know they they've stopped you know, drinking and pot smoking and having fun and dancing, like the things that Canadians are most desirous of, you know, politicians have finally found a way to stop us from having fun. And no dancing. Well, the dancing's back. Is it? But, but only for the vaccinated. And that's a really important point. If you are in British Columbia right now, you know, they have released now their official, uh, you know, lightning of restrictions and it's all for vaccinated people and as much as they are um, they are keeping the mask mandates and they are keeping the vaccine passports but everything else hey you know we're back up to full capacity for events as long as you're vaccinated and so you know that is uh that's that's where they're at really they can go frick themselves like that I'll go party in a bush somewhere myself. I don't need your nightclubs. <laughs> uh, yes. 
he responded by by going back to the rhetoric of Nazis and the swastika <laughs> and flag and uh, and I saw a really great uh, you know it's important to note that you know we have been funding true neo-Nazi insurgents or, or uh, uh, population in Ukraine for years now. And there have been, you know, ethnic cleansing, if you will, of uh, Russian speaking people. We, we have one third of the population of Ukraine, their, their first language is Russian. Hmm. And so it's important to, you know, it's so easy to draw a line and go, you know, well, this is Ukraine and this is Russia. Hmm. These are people. And, and the people that are, feel more Russian are being systematically oppressed and hurt mm. by the support of the West. Mm. And so, again, if there's, if there's one thing I can say is, is that, uh, you know, we are hypocritical in, in our thoughts that, and our assessment. We are not clean. We are opportunistic. And as Noam Chomsky said, you know, that you have the righteous and the, and the convenient victims and, and the victims that aren't so convenient. And we don't talk about the ones that aren't convenient to our agenda. Well, it sounds like a good way to end the show. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Yogi Shambu, for your uh, detailed insights. And thank you, everyone else out there, for watching this week's show, which post most of you probably won't 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 watch this show because you won't find us anywhere. Uh, but, but, but we're working up to that. Uh. I love your presidential background. I just want to say that as well. You know, we've been talking politics, and you have really shone with your backgrounds. It's a uh, you know, it, wow. Now that's that's the captain sweep I know and love <laughs> the port, the portal of love. Goodbye. <laughs> See you. <laughs> you turn this thing off. <laughs> <laughs>